0: Matt Zimmer, how the hell are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Busy, tired. I'm not been able to get any sleep this week for some weird reason. Um, not even like not even just at night, but like. Sometimes if I have a shitty night's sleep, I'm like, okay, I'll just sleep in the morning because I can. Because you're a sports writer. Yeah, I didn't even be able to do that. I laid in bed for two hours this morning and finally just said, screw it, might as well get up and do my day. So well,
1: hopefully I'm getting a deliriously punchy or <laughs> deliriously uh, sarcastic and surly Matt Zimmer. That's fine, too. Either way is good. Other way, Either way is fine. <laughs> I've been very hurried myself in all the kinds of things. Fucking getting ready for my dad to come into town. It's a once. How do you have
0: to get ready for a seventy-five-year-old man to come to your house? Uh,
1: you got to clean your house and make yourself look respectable. His That's house is kind of all. His house say. is always clean when I go there. He's got nice stuff. He's got nice cars. We'll never have as nice as stuff, but but Gilbert and I not not freaked out. But Gilbert's OCD anyway, and so uh, this is to the point where I've got still a fucking. uh, By the way, we curse on this podcast, so sorry everybody. Uh, I've got like a a few little stains here and there on my car seats, so I'm taking Gilbert's car to pick him up. I'm gonna go and I got it detailed last week. Didn't get the cracked windshield replaced. He's going to find out about this stuff anyway, but do I, don't, you have, I don't want to pick up my dad at the airport and immediately get, oh,
0: what's this stain? Oh, your windshield is you, cracked. You How- sound like you have daddy issues. Well, You're, maybe I do. Yeah, this wow. is, uh, <laughs> I have to impress my dad. It's never been good enough for you. That, is, that, is it that kind of thing? It's
1: not that kind of thing. It's, I know he's just going to, he's going to, just ask about this and that the second you know that the second he gets off the plane tell
0: him listen boomer it's not as easy for us as it was for you fuckers no kidding
1: that's no no shit that is correct (laughs) so maybe i'll just take my car to the airport then
0: make him deal with it That's that's fine that's kind of what i'd do i think that's what you would do yeah
1: okay well you but you see your dad a lot more than i do it's true that's that's part of it he's used to you so anyway um, well, if you would like to do therapy here and see if, <laughs> we'll talk about if I have daddy issues. Don't we all kind of have daddy issues I to suppose a degree. A little bit. All of us do. I suppose. We all try to please our dad. I will say this though I gave, I don't know about you, okay, because we're kind of similar in the way we grew up and the way we have turned out. We've both turned out to be uh, lowly to modestly paid sports media dweebs, mm-hmm. uh, and we're slightly unkempt, and, uh, and, and we like it. And uh, our, our dads both were kind of slightly successful uh, corporate world people. And uh, neither of us are going to live up to that kind of income or success. And we, I think both were okay with that at one time and and still are. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Um,
0: if I'd have known that things were going to be as shitty as they are when I was in my 40s, I don't think I would have gotten into journalism. Oh, wow. You know? okay, I, now, don't wanna, now we're... I don't, don't want to get too political, wow. but you know, okay. in the 90s, 2000s, there was still the idea of you know, a middle class and being able to comfortably have, you know, a regular job and be able to afford a house and two cars and send your kids to college without being rich. and uh, Because there was no reason to think you wouldn't. That's what our parents got to do. I mean, we all see the memes about people who paid off their first student loans yes. the day they got their first job or how they paid $45,000 for their first house or all this kind of stuff. And um, it's a lot different. I mean, I, I I'll openly admit it. I grew up rich. My dad was wealthy and I never had to, to want for anything. So that made it very easy to just be like, well, I don't care about being rich because it's not all that. You know, I just want a job that I enjoy and I yes. don't mind living comfortably. And, and I'm mostly able to do that. I don't have any complaints, but, but yeah, if I'd have known that things are going to be this difficult for people yeah. who aren't making six figures or, or more, you know, I might have gone into a field where I could make six figures or
1: more. Well, let's face it. Thank
0: goodness it
1: was better for them and that our all of our parents sought all that through and did well, lived that dream because, you know, my dad, my, both of my parents' case, uh, they didn't come from money. They had to take out loans. They had to get good grades, mm-hmm. and they went to graduate school, and they did really well for themselves, and that helped me. So, if you're gonna op- if you're gonna open up that way, I basically had the same childhood, and uh, glad I did. And 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 fortunately, our f- folks did well enough that anyway, we don't have to worry about totally c- crashing and burning in this uh, economy because they did well enough to. That's part of the Feel dream, right? People who do. I mean, I, I, you know,
0: I have a safety net that a lot of people don't. Yes. And that's, I bet that's scary. Well, But again, you know, I don't think this is what anyone wants to no. do. <laughs> well, no. Okay. Here's my Oktoberfest.
1: There's your Budweiser. Cheers <laughs> to us and our uh, lovely Tuesday afternoon at the Gateway. And uh, we're, wow. Uh, really, in very different ways, very good Sundays for both of our favorite football teams, your Vikings, my Nebraska Cornhuskers, Oscars. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to... We'll, we'll, no, let's we'll, start with
0: that. Let's start with that. Oh, you want to start with Nebraska. Because yeah, I okay. was shocked. Okay. I mean, maybe you weren't, but we had talked about it a little bit. You know, all they had to do was wait two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was, and they cut $7.5 bucks off the price tag. Now, you had made very clear money is not an issue here. There's so much money in this program. They want him gone. If, that's, if they decide he's got to go, he's going to go. Uh, you you obviously would know more than me, do know more than me, and did know more than me. But that still surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Oh, it surprised the shit out of me. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I think
1: you lose to Georgia Southern, and it, it's so bad. It is so bad. Where do
0: you go? How do you go forward?
1: And so here's some of the things I've I've read and thought from very smart people who have covered the program for a while, and are not pom pom waving you know bootlickers. Okay, uh, and th- th- that is some very smart thoughts that I don't know if they're correct, but it makes sense. Uh, you have Oklahoma coming into town on Saturday. Now, Nebraska's probably going to lose. Shockingly, they're only about a two-touchdown underdog. And you, if Scott Frost is still the coach coming off a loss to Georgia Southern, not only do you have Oklahoma coming, that is a nationally televised game. Everyone in the country gets it. It's on Fox, okay? Not just that, but big noon, big noon kickoff. Their big show's going to come. It's mm-hmm. going to be a big presentation no matter what's going on. No matter if Rome is burning, Husker fans are going to be there in full force and uh, be all around that set and it's going to be an exciting day even at 9 8 9 dawn in the morning. Okay? You do not want this is your your program is still going to be on display and mm-hmm. talked about and if Scott Frost is on the hot seat and you look like shit against Georgia Southern, that's the entire narrative. It seems miserable and I know it seems like a band-aid, but you you get you get him out of the picture, okay? We know that's not working. That's over. You you Get the former Husker quarterback, who's his assistant head coach, who's known as one of the best recruiters in the country, Mickey Joseph, hired as the interim guy. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, okay, Mickey's the guy. We're not delusional to think we're going to beat Oklahoma or that we're going to win six or seven games, but... For that moment and that day, to that—that's that—that's from a marketing and brand standpoint and going forward because it's not good going forward with Scott Frost anyway, that's partly why you do
0: it so absolutely
1: if, right now, 19 days before the $7.5 million So deadline. if you think they
0: were just playing Toledo on Saturday, he'd still be there?
1: Good question. Not sure. They're uh-huh. not. And so th- this is some of the logic that goes into it because uh-huh. uh, that point that was made by Lee Barfnick, who's covered that team for 40 years and is retired now, uh, knows a lot of people, knows all the skeletons in the program too. You know that's that came from him after another guy who's covered in Nebraska forever suggested who's now who's no longer a sports guy, more of a political and uh, life writer, said uh, you know this is ridiculous, this is insane. I, I know there's a lot of money there, but still this looks really bad. It looks in these economic times, it looks really shitty that they're they're just going to go ahead and waste seven million dollars and not wait three weeks. Uh-huh. And so that was the response to that sentiment, which uh-huh. a lot of people have. And yes. Um, I think most people understand this by now, but not just at Nebraska, but a lot of places, especially SEC teams, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, so on, Big treasure chests full of booster money. These booster you know, boosters run these programs. Mm-hmm. Boosters dictate not all, but a lot of the this major decisions that athletic directors and even presidents make about major college football mm-hmm. programs, especially at a place like Nebraska, where there's no Nebraska State and there's no mountains or beaches, and this is this is kind of a way of life for people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, from what I've taken from other people who played for the program that know things. Trev Alberts wanted uh, Scott Frost fired last year. He's the new athletic director. Like most, he wants his own guy. Like most, he probably saw all, not just on the surface, the losing, but uh-huh. beneath the surface that Scott Frost apparently wasn't the most devoted to his job. Uh, had some personal issues last year that were well-rumored and bandied about, and uh, we don't need to dig into those. But from what I continue to hear from people who, who are not who, not just report, but like are in the know, friends of mine, this was a sinking ship, and uh, there's there. I'm not, I would never say Scott Frost tanked and wanted to lose his job, mm-hmm. but he always looked miserable. He always seemed in over his head, cranky, and then his team looked like utter shit three weeks in a row, mm-hmm. and I think he's thrilled to come out of there with, uh, you know, I, he, of course he wanted it to work, mm-hmm. and uh, he'd rather have that happen, but he's happy to walk away with $7.5 million. He's relieved of his job. I do think Nebraska will play better and win a, a – a game or two or a game or two more than they would have if Scott Frost would have continued this. Well, another reason Seriously. maybe
0: they fired him now is they were afraid he, what if he did win a couple games? What if he beat Oklahoma? Yes. You know, I mean, he's probably not going to, but what if he did? Then it's like, "Oh shit, now we got to keep him," you know.
1: This loss to Georgia Southern provided some clarity for especially the biggest Frost homers because naturally, look, let's We all understand if his name is not Scott Frost, right. he's not a Husker legacy, he doesn't get his job back this year. He's gone. 16 and 31. Five and seven was his high watermark. At any school, you get fired for that. Right. So uh, he, he, but because he's Scott Frost, he got to keep his job. And because he's Scott Frost, a lot of people, even some people were still actually mad at the firing. Uh-huh. Still thought, oh, let's give it just a little more. What if we beat Oklahoma? You're not gonna,
0: uh, right.
1: No. Most people, though, even some people that are good friends of mine who are just, their allegiances are strong no matter what. They want it to work out. Most of them realized that Georgia Southern loss provided clarity for fucking sure It's not going to work under Scott Frost. Everyone wanted it to work, and most people thought it was a grand slam hire. And it was. Would there have been a better hire in hindsight 2020? Yes, probably. Shit, a lot of people could do better than 16 and 31. But I'll I'll unload here. He, He went 13 and 0 finished top five in the country, beat Auburn in a New Year's Day bowl game after Auburn had beaten Alabama, who won the national title. Tennessee, Florida State, UCLA, maybe Texas A&M would have hired him. He certainly was on all their lists. He was the it guy. He came home. It was a home run hire, and everybody exploded with excitement. And now everybody wants to shit all over Husker fans and people like me who lauded it. And it crashed and
0: burned. I don't think so. When everybody knew that was the right hire. I don't think anyone is criticizing the hire or saying that Nebraska fans were silly to be excited about it. I watched some of his games that first year, and the fact that they had so many of those close losses, I was like, shit, this guy's going to do it. And I don't mean win a national championship necessarily, but I was like, he's going to get this going. Like, look how close they are already was kind of what I was thinking. We didn't know that that was going to be the norm for the next four years. That, yeah, they always have enough talent to not get their ass kicked, but they're going to lose. Lose every single week because they're just not good enough.
1: Yeah, they're not well coached. I mean, after forty-seven games, it's clear they're not well coached. It was was never a talent issue. They've never, they have still, probably for the last twenty years since Frank Solich left, but especially in the ten years they've been in the Big Ten, they have offensive and defensive line issues. Mm -hmm. They always have, but they've always had turnover and penalty issues from from Callahan to Polini to Riley to Frost. They, it, it, Mike Riley always had a great line because Mike Riley lost a bunch of close games in his first year, mm-hmm. where they were a, where they were a shit show, and and finally they put got their act together a couple times, and Mike Riley, good old Howdy Doody, would say Oh, that started. It's starting to look a lot like football. And it, it just never looked a lot like football at Nebraska, which is why I can preview a discussion about who could be their next coach because you and I did that on Twitter a couple days ago, which is why Matt Campbell or Chris Kleiman uh, seem like lovely hires, lovely ideas at least, because this is what Nebraska needs, a football coach who has proven uh, his teams can play football that looks a lot like football that has its act together. The
0: talent well, is there and will be Scott there. Scott Frost was that at the time coming out of UCF. I think you know, kind of. I'll explain. Here's here's what I th- I think about Nebraska or what was my reaction to some of your tweets and some of the stuff I saw. When I first saw Matt Campbell's name, my first thought was, "Why the hell would Matt Campbell want that job? Fair? Why would he want to leave a good thing?" I realize Iowa State traditionally has not been the same level of football program as Nebraska. And Nebraska but, will write him a blank check, but, but go on. But where he is now compared to Nebraska, money notwithstanding, I just why would he do that? Not you arguing. Know, I would stay at Iowa State, and if you do want to get a better, bigger, better job for more money somewhere, wait. Yeah. Something yeah. else is going to open up that's going to be better than Nebraska. Fair. Uh, and then what blew my mind was to read some of the replies to this tweet mentioning Matt Campbell and all these Nebraska fans going, "Mm, no thanks, (laughs) not good enough. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you people still pulling this? I agree. And yes, I'm sort of including you, but not really, because I know you get it, but like... How how much longer does this have to go before you people figure it out? <laughs> yeah. You are Nebraska, not like you're you're Minnesota now. You're Northwestern. Yes, you're Indiana. No, no. You are no longer not, this. Yeah,
1: uh, and I and I'm saying we in this discussion because it's an emotional discussion. I know how much you love it when I say we, but uh, but Nebraska is not any of those teams anymore. They're like one and ten in their last eleven games. Thank you. Free cookies when you come to the Gateway for lunch sometimes. Uh, uh, they, they're, they're a collective one of their last 11 against Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin combined, but mm-hmm. go on,
0: go on. Well, that's it. I mean, the, the fact that there are still Nebraska fans clinging to this idea that they can thumb their nose at a coach like Matt Campbell or think that they can hold out, that they're a destination job, that 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 the hot coaches out there, the up-and-comers, are looking at Nebraska going, well, that's where I want to go to make my mark. like. Yeah. I don't think so. Yep. Now, I'm sure that you could make an argument that well, hey, now expectations have never been lower, this is the best time, you're going to have all these resources, you can go there and be the savior, blah 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 blah. Yeah, sure. That's that's the that's the potential upside, but what's the potential Look what look what just happened to Scott Frost's career. Yeah, you just said it yourself. It's not like Nebraska was the only school that wanted him. He was coming out of USF or UCF, the hottest name in college football coaching. Yeah, and there was a thought that Nebraska might not be able to get him. He might take a bigger, better job. Oh, there's, than that. there's definitely. And now, I, now, I, now I, who's going to want him? Where's he going to go? I truly is going to go be the quarterback coach at Oregon or something. I mean, like uh, 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 offensive consultant. who will
1: replace Bill O'Brien as an offensive consultant at Alabama for for Nick Saban. It's uh, Nick I'm Just Saban, saying, is it,
0: his going to Nebraska ended up ruining his career.
1: Uh, fair, I think you know. Not that he can't, you know. Eventually, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good place. That's a good uh, launching point for, hi Jackson. What is this? Oh boy!
0: Nice. You well, have this. Yeah. Well, what right, do I'm I get? get? Do you home? have a... I'm not gonna drink it now. What do okay.
1: you got? It? What is that? It's a Surly. It's a Surly Brewing Before Company. Before I die, craft.
0: Oh, <laughs> Vikings. A
1: Vikings. Yeah. You got it. You awesome. got a Chiefs. You got a Chiefs drink. Oh, yeah. All okay. All right. Yep. Nice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. I'll take the Chiefs drink. I'm, I'm going to be drinking all afternoon with my dad. Before I got to pace that's myself. Funny. Get it,
0: Vikings. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um,
1: yeah, before I die, can the Huskers be relevant again? Scott Frost, in Scott Frost's case, could it ruin his career? You know, uh, he could go back into the land of uh, Lane Kiffin, and actually, Florida would be a perfect place for him. Lane Kiffin went crawled his way back to Florida Atlantic yeah. after two failed jobs. I mean, Lane Kiffin got Lane Kiffin's a typical talk about a spoiled rich kid who uh, was born on third base, both in life and in coaching. Got the Raiders job at 31. Failed there. Failed at UCLA. Failed at Tennessee.
0: Uh U S C and Tennessee. We know. I'm not saying Scott Frost okay. is never gonna coach again. Right. I'm just like it's not I get it. <laughs> what he you know, going to Nebraska obviously, yeah. you know so that's, that's what I'm saying. This idea but, that all these other guys are going to be lining up to go coach at Nebraska. But but how do we connect the dots to why it
1: didn't work out for Scott Frost at Nebraska when he was the IT guy? Now, first of all, uh, he would not have taken the Nebraska job between Nebraska, Tennessee, Florida State, UCLA. Texas A&M, I believe, was open then as well, but they were always, I think they always wanted Jimbo Fisher, who they got, and they should have. The, um, he would not have taken the Nebraska job out of those if he was not from Nebraska. We all uh-huh. know that. Like, uh-huh. he wouldn't uh-huh. have gone from – no way. So I'm not I'm not delusional to think that wouldn't have happened. And he was pressured. I mean, he kind of felt the burden right. of Tom
0: Osborne. You have to come back and save us. Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. same
1: guilt that Roy Williams felt. Roy Williams turned down North Carolina where he had, you know, where he had worked under Dean Smith mm-hmm. once, and he could not turn Dean Smith down twice. This was the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, – Frost could and should go back to, and probably will, some, uh, who knows, but probably somewhere in the South where it's worked for him, where people love him, and uh, know it's worked for him, and so, how he got so good at Central Florida was, they should have never been 0 13 two years before he was there, but they had an old kind of... Wasn't it the
0: George O'Leary? George
1: O'Leary yeah. was old, drunk, semi-retired, and things slipped. It got loosey-goosey, but they were 0 and 13. Scott Frost got him to 13 and 0 in two years. That's a remarkable job. That's great, but you, Central Florida is in the same conference, besides South Florida in the same league, you're competing against teams from Ohio and Connecticut, Pennsylvania and Houston, where I, like, and, and your other competition in that league is, uh, SE, you know, SEC reject schools, mm-hmm. SEC rejects. And uh, so you, you're in Florida, recruiting's easy, Florida's fine. You're 100% of your roster can be in Florida. You can walk out there and you should win nine or 10 games every year in that league. He won 13. Good for him. And he had a cutting edge offense and he used some of his cutting edge principles that he learned at Oregon when Oregon was the absolute it offense. Chip Kelly, Scott Frost learned under Chip Kelly. Scott Frost learned under Bill Snyder, Bill Parcells, Tom Osborne. I mean, uh, he had all the pedigree. But it, but it was a it was it's a different ball game. To, to be wildly successful instantly <laughs> to be a meteor at Central Florida than it is to go with athletes in that whole league. That whole league, just like the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Loosey-goosey, cutting-edge offense. Lucy, turnovers, penalties, big deal. If you have the dudes, you know, just shoot it out, roll it up, uh, blow them out, no big deal. Big Ten's a whole entirely different ballgame. Scott Frost had not recruited there. Um, he, he famously puffed out his giant pectoral muscles <laughs> at his press conference and uh, proclaimed when asked if he was going to take Nebraska and to adapt to the Big Ten's the big style, Ten has,
0: has the, yeah.
1: especially the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, run the ball, big guys up front, control the clock, cold weather. And he said, no, they're going to have to adjust to us. And uh, no, that didn't work. And so he just he, he just didn't know how to do it. It's a different operation. Couldn't figure it out. and and we move on which I think again as a Husker fan I don't necessarily have to see a guy that's going to absolutely be run the ball guy and, and try to completely model after Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota and do the exact same thing and beat them at their own game but it would at least nice to be a program that plays the way those teams do and win eight or nine or ten games, win the Big Ten West every now and then, and at least like Iowa, have some sort of fraudulent, uh, you know, dance up the top right, ten rankings right. once every
0: five years. Kind of what you were under Bo and, to you know, get everybody excited. That's a whole separate Ex- thing, but no, yeah. it
1: is. Uh, but times change, standards change, and uh, Bo had to go. Bo had a lot more right. going on than just. Uh, but that, but not taking aside titles. the
0: off-field stuff, that's what Bo did.
1: Yes. You know? Yes. And they were, you
0: kind of knew they weren't really a national championship team, but Look, they were ranked in the top ten a few times. I'm never going
1: to proclaim Nebraska's ever going to win a national title or even necessarily sniff one. But uh, to not believe that somebody holding a clipboard out there that has a pulse, that coaches football, can't take a big pile of cash at Nebraska, win eight or nine games, if not consistently, you know, every other year or so, go to bowl games, compete for a Big Ten championship, get in that game, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and do better than Bo, which Bo, you know, he made it to one Big Ten championship game and got his ass kicked. I, that's, it's, it's not delusional to think Nebraska football can't be somewhat relevant again. Yeah. Well,
0: almost everyone in the Big Ten has a, a year or two where they're there. Exactly. You know? I mean, Northwestern even, does. Yeah, Northwestern, Illinois, Indiana was really good a couple of years ago when Kalen was there. I mean, yeah. they all have a, a run in them here and there. Yeah. So, okay. I think what they should do, not that anyone cares what I think. But I do. I, I think they should go for a nobody. And be really patient. First of all, that way you don't have to throw $90 million at the guy or whatever. Go get some, whether it's a coordinator or position coach or maybe an FCS head coach. Matt Ans' name has been thrown out there. I mean, that would surprise me. But someone that you don't have to pay a ton of money and say – rebuild this thing from the ground up. Yeah. There's not a lot of pressure on you. We're not proclaiming you this savior, home run hire that's going to win the press conference and impress all these, or, or I should say please, all these Nebraska idiots who apparently think they're owed the next Nick Saban. Have a rocket um, ship of an offense, which each right, of the last right. four guys just have be had. be patient and let the guy... Because yeah. to be fair to Scott Frost, that's not what he was getting. It was like, we expect you to win pretty much right away because we're not... That bad right now It's not yep. like he took over A team that was coming off A 1-10 season Right You know So Tell this guy Hey We're going to be patient If you go 1-10 2-9 2-9 and The first three years We're not going to fire you You're going to have some time To build this thing Right But I don't know if Nebraska fans Let alone their administration and Everyone else Has the patience Or the humility To endure that, I think Trev
1: Alberts actually has some of that, and and, you know, and that's why the Urban Meyer thing is fun. Real quickly on that, because it's part of the conversation. Because Dan Patrick, two weeks ago, and you can roll your eyes. He's interested.
0: You kind of have to. Of course.
1: Well, and here's and so here's where I fall on that. If they hire Urban Meyer, I'll be thrilled, and I wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets him into everything I just said. Mm -hmm. If not, Mm -hmm. yeah. Same. Same. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it'd be fun, and you you hold your nose and you just take whatever bullshit uh, co- you know, comes with it because right. he brings a lot of baggage and he's a horrible human and all you have to do is watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary to see how trash of a human uh, of a coach Urban Meyer is. But yes, am I a Husker fan? And do I want to win? Would I love to win instantly? Because I know Urban Meyer. No matter what happens, is not going to last more than four or five, six years at a place he never does. Mm-hmm. He can win, get out of town. I'd be thrilled. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say I'm.
0: Christ, why we need to
1: hire better humans? Mm-hmm. But Trev Alberts did say character is going to be a big part of the hire. So uh, if that's the case, then Urban Meyer's not a part of the conversation, right. um, and uh, that's that. I, I've you know I'm sure you haven't paid much attention to Trev Alberts, but I you know he spent a lot of time in broadcasting, and now he has spent over a decade in administration. Uh, boy, he says a lot of the right things and makes a lot of sense. And I don't trust him. Because th- my last thing I could say about this is, as a Husker fan, I will refuse to ever proclaim anything anymore. Okay? So I'm not going to say—I'll I'll probably be thrilled with the hire because I, 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 there's a degree of sycophant to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I like the Mike Riley hire, for fuck's sake. You know, I really thought that <laughs> would work. Hey, he— hey, He, he had we, a 9-1 season. Hey, he, he was mediocre at, at Oregon State where they, they had been terrible. He works miracles to put, give him toys at Nebraska. He'll win. No. But what I will say is I' I can't proclaim Nebraska's ever gonna return to any sort of glory. I'm also not going to be uh, either like some Husker fans with Scott Frost not working out or some outsiders who love to hate on Nebraska and say it'll never work again. Nebraska football will always be terrible. It's never going if Scott Frost can't do it, nobody can. It's just well I'll, I'll watch the hires, sit back, wait and see. There's plenty of potential there potential to be, The dynasty ever again? No. Potential to be respectable? Of course. Seriously, last point. Fucking, to your point about hiring nobodies, they weren't nobodies, but Kansas State was about to quit football after 33 losses in a row, and uh, they hired Bill Snyder, who was like a 50-year-old, boring, bland coordinator from Iowa, never been a head coach. Uh, Three years later, through meat and potatoes hard work, uh, started to win. Five years into it was, you know, threatening Nebraska and winning 10 games. Um, Wisconsin, (laughs) laughing stock. Uh, Barry Alvarez was a coordinator at Notre Dame under Lou Holtz, so it wasn't like he was an unknown in the coaching ranks, but still not a head coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, They hired him. Bob Stoops, never been a head coach. Oklahoma hired him, won a national title in year two. And uh, Blue Bloods, Alabama went through six, five coaches before Nick Saban. He was spin number six after Bear Bryant. The others all flamed out. They were all bad. Everybody said the same thing about Alabama. They'll never be great again. Their fans are delusional. And then they I'm not going to say we're going to hire Nick Saban and win six national titles, but to think that a blue blood can't at least win again and be great again. The one thing even though some Husker fans are delusional like you said is that there still is somewhat a desire at the yeah. very least and somewhat of an expectation to at least aim for greatness. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that. All right. Speaking of that, your Vikings, yeah. what a perfect time to play the Packers. Um, I guess. That does, you're thinking 500 don't get too crazy about things, but man, that looked good for a day. It looked like happy days are kind of here again, at least on offense.
0: As you were uh, going on about Scott Frost, I have to admit I, I, I drifted a little bit. And, <laughs> and uh, I looked up oh, at the screen here. Thanks for saying you, you, that, man. You, you went a little long on, we know why Scott Frost didn't work out, but anyway. That's the risk you took when bringing it up. It's true. Um, I just happened to glance up at the screen here, and these ESPN NFL analysts are doing their week one power rankings, and Vikings are number three, so it took them one game to go from, what, number 15, number 20, to number three. Um, that is more comical to me than anything. But
1: well, I, this is why I, I don't miss doing daily sports talk radio. I'm not saying I wouldn't love to do it again or won't ever do it again, but like living in, li, living and breathing daily on this shit like power rankings where the Vikings vault to three after one week game. one. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just,
0: it's just fodder, but whatever. It's fun. I mean, the defense played very well. Kirk Cousins looked great. And not just like... We've obviously seen performances from Kirk Cousins where he threw for 320 yards and three touchdowns, but I don't know if we've ever seen him look that comfortable, that in command, um, and even just, and I don't want to read too much into this, but you know his body language in, in the locker room that we saw giving the game balls to the coach and in the post-game press conference, I mean, he looks like a different person, and it's hard not to think that that's just because Mike Zimmer's gone. Um, Then, you know, obviously Justin Jefferson's a freak and he's been great and he doesn't look like he's – I mean, it looks like he's going to be even better. Um, I mean, if Christian Watson catches that ball on the first play of the game, it's probably a completely different game. Um, But having said that, I mean – it's seventeen nothing, and I'm like, well, you know, how long before Aaron Rodgers makes his run? And then it's twenty to nothing, and you're like, ah, one more score, and and this is probably out of hand. You know, if they can get it to twenty-seven nothing, this game's over. And then Roger scores, it's twenty to seven. You're like, ah, here we go. And no, that was that was it. Um, it was a def- decisive, definitive. I don't want to call it a blowout necessarily, but it was a very decisive win, and. Uh, yeah, it has me really excited about the Vikings. To uh, see and hear
1: Justin Jefferson in the post game press conference, he's kind of a happy go lucky kid. He knows he's awesome. He might be the best receiver in the NFL, or might be by the mm-hmm. end of the year, especially if this keeps up. Uh, it's it's just evident, and I've heard you know I've heard plenty of analysis here and there that Kevin O'Connell is a breath of fresh air uh... you saw him on the sidelines it's easier to smile a bunch when you're up the whole game right but he just seems to have an air of confidence and not loosey-goosey just being happy for being happy's sake like confident this is where i never liked Bo plenty or mike zimmer that the screws were tight things are together Mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing he's a good-looking guy and it's a jet you know jet airliner of an offense he had with the rams and can have with the vikings but, like, the screws are t- like Unlike Nebraska, screws are tight. We're confident we're going to pass the test today. And it, Mike Zimmer and Bo Pelini always looked like they were about to shit themselves mm-hmm. because they knew uh, they, their, their teams might not be quite totally ready, and they were just waiting for the shoe to drop and the first mistake to happen, and they were going to go nuts because they were perfectionists. This group just seems happy. Sean Payton said it best. I heard him on the radio the other day uh, that – that the Vikings and a bunch of teams in the NFL with first-year head coaches who won games on Sunday just looked like a bunch of kids who got a new teacher or something, mm-hmm. you know, like just happy-go, happy as clams on the playground. That's not going to have a ton of staying power unless you really have something going. Mm-hmm. But I do, be- I do believe in the psychology of of where things are at with the Vikings, and it's
0: good. They clearly needed a breath of fresh air, and they got one. Yeah, I think it's that simple.
1: Uh, and you caught the Packers at the right time. I mean, you got them at home, and you got Aaron Rodgers' first game without Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Then his top returning receiver, Lazard, is out. His uh, two of his linemen are out. He had a rookie lineman who played and FCS ball last year. And the kid, kid drops year. a touchdown
0: on the first play of the game.
1: And he's yeah. a kid. I yeah. mean, and Aaron Rodgers uh, is great at a lot of things. He's Houdini, but what he's not good at is g- cutting his
0: teammates a little slack. Uh, oh, I don't he's know. Not good I, at that. I liked his comments. Asked about that drop, um, he was like, "Hey, he's a rookie and drops are going to happen, but you got to catch that fucking ball." And I, you know, I I think sometimes we. Oh my god, he criticized him. It was a touchdown and he dropped it. Yeah, this is the NFL. You know, that wouldn't have been okay in high school, let alone in the NFL. I I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying like, "Kid, you got to catch that ball." You know, that was a huge play, but also saying like, "I get it. Nobody's perfect. It's your first game. You're a rookie. You know, we're going to go keep going back to you, but." I have no problem with him saying like that's not okay, dude. You got to catch that football. Sure, but I I am not okay with any sentiment from either
1: Vikings or Packers fans and thinking oh the, the 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 Packers would have won the game or it would have been a completely no. different game. I think over time, uh, the Vikings are just right now at this moment better team, are better. But yeah. it would have
0: been a different game. That's that you know seven yeah. seven right off the bat. Sure.
1: Any thoughts about the Eagles on Monday night?
0: Feel better about it now than I did. Forty-eight hours ago, yeah. you know, well, The Eagles however, do seventy-two hour, whatever.
1: The Eagles yeah. do as well. Jalen Hurts, not, yep. not looking too shabby. He'll be. I tough think to this stop. is the
0: first time Dallas Goddard will play against the Vikings in his career. Okay, I could be wrong. Maybe once already. And he grew up a Vikings fan, right? No, he grew up a Packers fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just yeah. as I was saying, I'm like, no, wait a yeah. second. Yeah, I yeah, no, a I'm Packers pretty sure he grew up fan. a Packers fan.
1: Interesting. Uh, all right, so the uh, transition to Jackrabbits. Uh, beaten up, uh, a couple yep. close games. Uh, I, John Stegelmeyer's remark after this 24-22 win, win over Davis in which they gave up two touchdowns but managed to stop the uh, block an extra point and stop a two-point conversion to preserve a win. I think that will pay dividends down the line because it's the Missouri Valley Conference. you are going to have a bunch of close games. You're going to need to make big plays. Yep. Things are going to happen late uh, that are not on your side and you're going to have to buckle up and, and figure it out. Uh, but I, His comment was telling. Uh, we're a completely different team from fall camp, mm-hmm. but we can still be a good football team. How do you feel about that?
0: Um, well, the, the comment I appreciated the most of his was, if we don't fumble that football, we win the game 24-10. to uh, A lot of times coaches don't want to go there, and I appreciated that he did because he's right. Um, that game shouldn't have been close, and the reason it was is because of that fumble, and then they give him a touchdown, then they give him an onside kick, and they get another touchdown, and they end up having to defend a two-point conversion just to win the game. None of that is good, necessarily, but the defense, which you know stood on its head to keep him in the game against Iowa the week before, had to do it again, You know, and, and that's not fair to that defense. The offense isn't pulling their weight yet. Um, the comment you're referring to where he was like, well, we're not the same team we were in fall camp and some of this other stuff. I was pressing John on, you know, what's going on with the offense. You know, it's one thing to not be able to score against Iowa, um, but you didn't move the ball very well against Cal Davis either. And I was surprised that John was as defensive as he was. Now, to be fair, I got the sense that it was more like, Matt, I'm not going to publicly throw my guys under the bus here, so I'm not going to really give you anything. He didn't really try to say, like, Oh yeah, our offense is great. Everything's fine, but he wouldn't really give me any sort of like, well, what's wrong? What, why isn't it happening? He would just, you know, well, you know, we've got some injuries, and he did say acknowledge that Mark Gronowski has missed a couple big throws that would have made a difference. Obviously, the one in Iowa, and he missed another one uh, where Zach Hines was wide open against Cal Davis. I think Mark's going to be fine. He's just a little rusty, still coming back, and you know, if you're just talking about one or two missed throws in the first two games, that's not a huge deal. Um, it's just. As I wrote an article on Monday, uh, where I came up with I think six or seven reasons. It's just a variety of, th- as, as is usually the case. You know, when something's wrong, it's usually not well. It's this one glaring thing. You know, the injuries are a big part of it, and especially, it's not just that Tucker Craft isn't playing. It's that, hi, this was our entire offense. You know, I'm sure. Think of how much they've had to change their playbook under a first time, brand new offensive coordinator. When your number one weapon goes down one play into the season, well, now all of a sudden you're scrambling to just, you know rejigger your playbook or whatever, so there's that. Then you talk about Gronowski's been a little rusty. Then you talk about, you know, the special teams uh, issues in the first game. Then you talk about, you know, Gronowski said, hey, defenses, I think they understand because we're a little bit in transition, let's stop the big play and force these guys to prove that they can put together a 10, 12, 15 play drive because that's a lot harder to do when you're still figuring things out, and that's that's been tough for them to figure out. So it's just been a lot of things, you know cult- – culminating in them not being very good on offense. They had 120 yards in the first game. They had 250 in this one. 250 isn't good. That's not even close to good. I know they scored 24 points, so, you know, and John Stiglmeyer correctly pointed out, points are more important than yards. No one's saying they're not. But this offense has not yet lived up to, you know, they're the ones who said before the season, this is the most explosive offense we've ever had. Oh, we've never had this much talent on offense. And, you know, all, all this, well, okay, it's, Pretty soon you're gonna to have to start showing something because you know, no one expected you to beat Iowa necessarily. That's fine. You got through it against Davis. They shouldn't have any difficulty this week with Butler, a non scholarship team. But if they only win twenty seven to ten, you know, if they can't get the offense untracked this week and, and get up in the thirties and forties, then I'm really worried about their chances to beat Missouri State in their valley opener for one, but just you know, be a, a playoff seed this year because they're gonna need more from their offense.
1: Seventeen yards was their biggest play. Yeah. Seventeen. And I I also noticed Isaiah Davis did say we were close here. We're we are close. close there. And he's right. And you can Warren. see
0: some of the plays that, like, they're one block away or just one gap away or whatever it is. And and we've alluded to the couple deep passes that just didn't quite connect. I, I think he's right about that. Um, but that's going to be that much harder to do when you start playing these. When, you know, Missouri State, NDSU, USD, those games are all early in the season. You know, if the Jacks don't get it together quick, they're going to – I'm not saying their season's going to be over or they can't accomplish their goals or anything, but they're going to be, you know, behind the eight ball and looking at going on the road in the playoffs again.
1: What about the Coyotes? I mean, they've scored seven total points, but, uh-huh. man, I mean, they played two tough teams. K-State's always tough. They they should lose by a lot to K-State, maybe not by as many as they did. And then mm-hmm. uh, Montana's ranked third in the country, and that's one of the toughest places in the country to play. So, uh, you know.
0: I didn't get to watch any of that game this time.
1: Um, 24-7 I, pretty I was, telling. Yeah.
0: I mean, Montana's really good. They're yeah. ranked number two, number three. Right. That's a tough place to play. I think if you're the Coyotes, it's, it's very similar to how you feel about the Jacks. Like, I'm just guessing based on the score, again, without having watched this game, that the defense must have played pretty well if Montana only scored 24 points at home. And again, I didn't think their defense played terrible against K-State, just a couple of big plays and a block punt, that kind of thing. Um, but the offense has got to get it going. And again... Getting shut out by K State, I don't know if that's a huge deal. Only scoring seven against Montana. I mean, Big Sky defenses aren't always known for being that tough. That's probably a little bit concerning. That I mean, and I think their touchdown came what, early fourth quarter, late third quarter. I mean, they almost went two whole games without scoring a point. I mean, that's just not good, no matter who you're playing. So, um, I'm maybe a little bit more concerned about their ability to be a really strong team and get through this early schedule than I was before but again I think we all expected them to be 0-2 after their first two games so it's not really anything to panic about.
1: They finally get a game in the Dakota Dominance against Cal
0: Poly. Absolute must win. They have to win this game. If they lose this game, I don't see how they recover and make any sort of playoff run.
1: Uh, I can't tell you how good Cal Poly is. All I can tell you is they lost at Fresno State. That's their money game, Uh, 35-7. Not much to judge from that. And then they went down to the wire with the University of San Diego and won 28-27 at home. San
0: Diego's right? a non-scholarship s- school. Ooh, but they're okay. really good. They're the one that win They win that league a lot. But,
1: but I mean, 11 a.m. start in the Dakota Dome against a team from California. Be, uh, Coyotes
0: has to win that it's game. Not I can't a stress team. it enough.
1: Yeah. No. All right. Uh, the Twins lose to the Indians. Uh, done. The Guardians. Yeah. I'm
0: done. I didn't watch an inning of that series just because I was busy with yeah. other stuff. Right. And uh, I just noticed last didn't night. Didn't miss just, anything. Just flipping through the ch- – they're already five games back. I yeah. didn't realize they had fallen that far. Well, it's over. Yeah. And I thought about it for a little bit, and, you know, I, I hate to be critical of guys who suffer injuries because it's not really your fault when you get hurt. But to have Byron Buxton not available when they're going through this stretch, um, just gets. I just get tired of him not being able to play.
1: Yeah, keep keep Rocco. I, I, don't, I don't think you get rid I'm of ambi- Rocco. I'm ambivalent. Uh, I
0: don't think they will because he's there. I mean, I think you'd have – Jim Polat would probably have to fire Falvey and Levine. I don't think they're going to get rid of Rocco, unless they feel like they have to to save their own jobs.
1: True. Then, uh, there, I mean, there's reason to believe they can do better and reach the potential they had this year, if they can go out and get pitching, right?
0: I mean, they, Well, I mean, they did. And to be fair to the Twins, they've had more than their fair share of injuries this year. I mean, obviously Buxton, but also, you know, they go out and get Tyler Maley at the trade deadline. He's a potential top-of-the-rotation guy. Made one start, essentially, and he's done um you know all the other injury you know they they thought they were going to get uh, Kenta Maeda back and he's not back and um Bailey Ober was supposed to be part of the rotation he lasted a week um Chris Archer's never been able to go through more than 3 or 4 innings um Joe Ryan's been their best starter he's missed some starts uh Sonny Gray's been their other good starter he's missed some starts um Polanco's been on the DL uh Kirilov and Larnick have been on the DL the whole year um I mean, Correa was on the DL for a while. I mean, the only, they've been playing without Ryan Jeffers for the last month and a half. I mean, Gio Urshela, I think, is the only guy in the entire starting lineup, maybe Arias, who hasn't been on the DL. You know, I mean, if all those I, – I think most of the, their, their key players have performed well enough for them to win the division. Um, I mean, obviously Miguel Sinos sucked, but that was kind of to be expected. And Max Kepler sucked again too. But everyone else, if, if Jeffers and Buxton and Gray and Ryan and, and all those pitchers and all those guys just stay healthy over the and do what they were doing when healthy, the Twins are going to win this division. You know, they didn't need anyone to do something amazing. They just needed everyone to be who they were and stay healthy. And they couldn't stay healthy. Mm.
1: Uh, are you going to cover any of the Sanford International?
0: Yep. I am uh, going out there tomorrow for some of the media availabilities, and then uh, I think I'm going to head out there Friday to just kind of walk around a little bit, and then Sunday I'll be covering the final round.
1: Right. Very cool. And uh, is, it, is this something you get increasingly more, I know the last year or two you've been increasingly more kind of actually,
0: if not excited? Uh, I enjoy it. It yeah. took me a while to sort of figure out how to cover a golf tournament. Oh, it's you not know? easy. It isn't, certainly. Yeah. Um, it's and, not easy
1: to spectate either. It's just, it's a lot. It's just, and to put it on, too. It's just such a big production. And yeah. There's so, literally, so much ground to cover.
0: It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. And I used to get, you know, there were a couple times I got sent out there. They're like, just go out there and, and just write something. Have fun, you know, and, you know, you go and you watch John Daly play, or, you know, yeah. the one year I was out there and I got hit in the nuts by someone's shot, and I get <laughs> right about that. But, um, It's actually fun for me now to just go out there on Sunday and follow the lead group around and be there at the end on the 18th green when someone wins. That's cool. I mean, that event is... If, if, you, if you're from around the area and you haven't been to it, I can't recommend it enough. It's fun.
1: It is a lot of fun, whether you like golf or not. And uh, I used to be the kind of person that liked to kind of run around and go, go to this group, go to that hole, go to see these guys, see that guys. The older you get, and I think uh, our audience is 40 and over mostly, the more whether you get to be one of the pretty people sitting in the hospitality tents with your free booze and your free food and your table seating and your space and all your friends, uh, or you're one of the uh, peasants that have to scrounge for a bleacher seat uh, mm-hmm. on one of the two or three holes that have them. It's just a little bit easier mm-hmm. to just uh, sit there and watch a bunch of people come into the same place. Even though a lot of the time there's not a lot of action. That's what's hard about watching a golf tournament is there's a lot of downtime. But yeah. uh, eventually, you get to see people walk through. And
0: but it's also cool to. I mean. You have to be really into golf to know all the players. Right. But. Most people know who Freddie Couples is. Sure. Ernie Els. John L's. Daly, for John sure. John Daly, obviously. I, I actually, and this is nothing against John Daly. I'm a John Daly fan, but that gets a little old. Uh, like, I would agree. Oh, he, look at his weird pants, and he's smoking a cigar or whatever. Like, okay, the first get, year that was you know, great, yeah. and,
1: and actually, very few things in the in the time that I was at KWSN and kind of tried to be a sports writer here and there when I felt like uh-huh. it. Nothing got more hits oh, than no, same than, with than, us. than my John Daly uh, taking a piss story. Yeah. Uh, the you know in yeah. which I of course. Described uh, the carton of cigarettes on his cart, yeah. the giant fountain pop from McDonald's, and of course his uh, probably had some vodka in it or His something. pants <laughs> that looked like uh, he stole from a cabaret, and then yeah. uh, and then he had to. Then he's driving all the way up and down a hill, and yeah. and, and yeah. Oh, where is he going? And then he stops over by somebody's backyard and takes a piss. But if
0: but if you're not there every year, it's the first time you've had a chance to see him. It's cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah. uh, because back to you know your your general thoughts about golf. You grew up around it a little bit. It is kind of boring. It's a lot of old white guys. Uh, it's
0: not so much the boredom to me as it's the the culture being very stuffy and very like, hey, there's a certain decorum here. Which is, I really appreciate that John Daly has spent his entire career saying fuck that. Yes. I'll be whoever I want to be, and I will never stop admiring him for that. All right,
1: uh, have fun. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Good times. You're gonna go drink your before I die, and I'm not sure what my uh, Chiefs beer from Surly Brewing that uh, Jackson is going to give me I'm is called. Probably we are the champions, or in Mahomes we trust, or or uh, something like that. Or we have a Super Bowl and you don't. Okay, see you later. Why
0: are you left? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Yes.